toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love to awaken our souls we are souls on the journey and our mission is to awaken all humans to a higher state of consciousness and live vibrantly as spiritual beings We are here to open up the conversation to heal, awaken, and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency. I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey. And we are your co-hosts at Be The Love Podcast. Thank you for tuning in and ascending with us. It starts with you. Everything you need is within you. This is your time. This is Adrian Elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. Namaste. My name is Ischilla Joy Davy. This is Ron Interpreter, and you're listening to Be the Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be the Love to Awaken Our Souls. This episode is sponsored by Tom Palladino with Scalar Light. Sign up and receive a 30-day free Scalar Light healing session at scalarlight.com. Listen to our interviews with Tom with the amazing benefits and healing potential in episodes number 73 and 78. I've personally been using Scalar Light energy daily and have really noticed the shifts in my energy, including chakra balancing, energy clearing, and nutrient support. It's also a gift that I've been able to provide for my family. So I am Stacey Musial. And I am Brenda Carey with our special guest, KJ Whitney. We are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. If you have enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. Please check out our Facebook community and get connected with other like-minded souls. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a moment to get centered with us. I'd like to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this moment. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and love for yourself. And breathe that light and love and send it out to all of humanity, remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. With us today is KJ, who moved from the D.C. area nine years ago, to pursue their career in alternative and holistic therapies full-time. They've been a licensed massage therapist and body worker for 20 years, and it's the founder and wellness coach for Prideful Wellness Self-Care Center in Longmont, Colorado. They are dedicated to providing our LGBTQ and allied communities with a safe, inclusive, and body-positive space for self-care, healing, and thrival. In KJ's spare time, they enjoy hiking, spending time with friends and partners, and hosting regular meetup groups like Queer and Nerdy Game Night at local queer and allied businesses. Thank you so much for being here with us today, KJ. 
Hey, thanks for having me. I'd like to start out just by asking what has brought you down this path? Like, how did your spiritual journey begin? Mm, that's, a, that's a good question um, and probably pretty layered, but uh, I think for the most part, it has come out of, um, you know, introspection for me has come out of not so great times, hard times. And I've experienced a lot of uh, what I've learned to know is uh, post-traumatic growth. <laughs> yeah, uh, hard stuff has just kind of, I shut down and, and go inward. And then I learn a lot about myself and come out a better person on the other side. So, and in the, in the good times too, I'm, I'm constantly all about self-improvement and um, learning and growing. So it sounds like it's been one of a difficult journey, but also has been opened up to new perspectives and really come in line to who you are as a person. Totally. That's really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And so tell us a little bit about the Prideful Wellness Self-Care Center and how that came to be. Yeah, totally. So uh, Brenda was saying we basically make a safe space uh, and affirming space for queer and trans folks. And what that means and what that looks like is we don't ask invasive, invasive questions on our intake forms. We always ask pronouns. And while someone is on our treatment table, we're not re- worried about how someone presents or if they're like, for instance, a trans woman wearing a wig, you know, she gets to, she gets to take all that off and not worry about how she's being received because we are of the same experience or very allied. So yeah, that's, that's what we do uh, for the, uh, in terms of service. And then we have lots of community things and classes. We have movie nights and yoga classes and Tai Chi and all the, all the good stuff for, for folks to come in and enjoy and just build community from. Sounds like building community is kind of a, a cornerstone of your mission. Would, would you say that's true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Can you speak more to on that? Cause you mentioned earlier how, you, what did you call it? Post post traumatic growth. Did it did it come out of that? Like as a result of that? Absolutely. I mean, as a, a grown up in the '90s, as a queer and trans person uh, myself, there I didn't see myself anywhere. Uh, I certainly didn't feel like I had community, and a lot of the things that I was experiencing were not talked about, and there wasn't just there just wasn't language for in the circles that I ran in, uh, in the Midwest and and really anywhere that I lived, but. Uh, And I also moved around a lot when I was a kid. So it was community was hard to come by, hard to keep because I was constantly leaving. And yeah, so that made it tough. But I moved to Colorado from the D.C. area, actually, about 10 years ago and with one of my best friends. And I'm really putting down roots here. I've started my business here, all of that kind of stuff. But building community and having that place that's always there is really important to me. And I think really important to our community. And thankfully, you know, in Boulder County, we've got we've got a large LGBTQ population, a, a big allied population. We're, you know, pretty liberal and all of that kind of stuff. So that helps. But having a variety of different safe spaces for folks to go is important. I love that because I think, you know, we do live in a culture that a lot of people have felt very maybe fragmented or haven't felt like they've found their place and, you know, the sense of belonging. And I love on your website where you say you belong here. And that's such a beautiful statement because so many people need that sense of belonging. And so I'm wondering if you can tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit more about that and what you've seen as you have been growing this community and 
how people have felt that connection and that sense of belonging. Yeah, that's a good question too. So the you belong here kind of, I don't know, I hate to call it a tagline, but I don't know what else to say. I have a, um, a wellness coach, like a, a leadership coach that I work with on a biweekly basis. And we were talking about belonging and she said something like, you know, the definition of a definition of belonging is longing to be. And I think that's, that's where it came from was like, I was talking about how, you know, sometimes I just want to be, I just, I don't want to be any identities or any of this other stuff. I just want to be and, and be safe and just being. And so she kind of defined belonging as just longing to be. And that was, that really struck me and was really beautiful. And that's what prideful wellness is about. It's just a place for you to come and be, and it doesn't matter where, what your intersecting identities are, any of that, where you don't have to mask up and, and be on guard and all the things that, that we all have to do in one way or another. You just don't have to do that there. So you, you belong and you get to just be. And I can really feel that, especially what you said, you know, about just when you come in for a session or, you know, like that woman or that, you know, the trans woman who, you know, was able to take off her wig and, you know, just be and just be accepted and not have any questions asked, but that sense of acceptance and how deep that can really be moved with somebody, yeah. you know, and to internalize that, that's, that's very profound. Yeah, yes. it's, it is about changing the narrative. It's about changing. It's about giving our bodies a different experience to, to tap into when stuff gets hard. And mm. um, we don't get that very often. So again, yeah, that's just the, that's just the kind of space that I needed growing up and into, my, into adulthood. And I still need today. So I just wanted to create the space that I needed because I know I'm not the only one who needs it. So true. So true. And over these last couple of years, especially the isolation has been devastating for people. And it's, it's really sad to, to see that, that people are, you know, having a difficult time to connect with others. We've been isolated in our own homes and, and things like that. So what a beautiful offering that you are able to give people sounds like from all walks of life that they can, they can long to be. I love that. That's going to stick with me. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. So tell us more about your mission around self-care. What does this mean for you? Yeah, I think self-care is, and self-love really is an act of revolution from what the, the way I can tell it or from what I can tell. And so as <clears throat> someone who was assigned female or a socialized feminine, someone who is a person of color, a person in a larger body, a person in a disabled body, all of these different communities that are on the fringes of our society that are marginalized and not thought about when we're building businesses, when we're building constructs to live by, all of that. Again, there's not a lot of representation. When there is rep representation, it's it's a stereotype, it's a token, it's it's all of that kind of stuff. And ultimately it's less than, and we're told by billions of dollars of marketing and capitalistic, patriarchal, you know, uh, society that we live in, that we are not to love ourselves, that we need to constantly be improving something about our physical person in some way. And it's demeaning. So that, so when we can challenge those constructs in our minds, that's huge. That's everything. When we can love ourselves, despite what 
society's messages, that's revolutionary. We change ourselves and we change our communities. We change the world when we truly love ourselves. And, and, and we then become so much more capable of loving each other as well. Mm, that's so beautiful and so true. I mean, on so many levels, I you know completely agree because we are in this paradigm of, you know, we need to look at the external and there's these, you know, certain criteria you need to fit in this box to feel accepted. And, you know, there's, you know, yeah. And, and it's selfish to love ourselves with who we are if we're not, if we're not fitting the mold. Mm. And so it sounds like you're really, you know, not only just creating that space for people to really feel accepted and wanted and needed and to honor themselves for who they are, you know, within that space and really starting to change the social structures around that. Yeah. And it, um, yep, exactly. Changing the social structures around that, celebrating each and every one of us for our, for our differences and because they're all important. We're all supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. as we are. Exactly, exactly as we are. I love that. Yeah. So true. Um, so in your uh, wellness self-care center, what other like services do you offer? You mentioned, I know you're a massage therapist. I am, uh, yeah. What other services do you provide there? Yeah, so we have a Reiki practitioner um, who's incredible. And we have uh, several different, well, several, we have a handful of massage therapists. It's a, we're a pretty small clinic, but uh, yeah, handful of massage therapists, a Reiki practitioner, two wellness coaches, and a handful of yoga practitioners and a Tai Chi instructor. (laughs) So yeah, and we're constantly growing and expanding and uh, looking for, and people are, you know, we're looking for uh, folks within our community who have different offerings. And uh, we're, because of Callie's amazing social media uh, stuff that she does, we also get a lot of people reaching out to, and want to collaborate with us, and which is so wonderful. And both, both in the LGBTQ community and, and allied um, folks, which is, it's, it's really, really great. So just for a clarification, what does the, you mentioned like the allied ship, what, what does that mean exactly? And how does someone truly become an ally? Can you explain that a little bit more? That is a great question. Allyship is a verb. So it is not a noun. It's not a title. It's, it is an activity. And it means when you see something, you say something. It means in private conversations, when someone says something offensive, you call them out or rather call them in to a different space and challenge that challenge, challenge the thinking, ask questions, get curious and call people in to a different reality to shift a perspective. It also means actively voting in a, in a way that is going to benefit marginalized communities. And I'm not, not just LGBTQ communities, I'm talking about all communities, people of color, uh, people in disabled bodies, like all of these folks need representation, need voices, need allies. Mm-hmm. And so, so that's part of what allyship means to me. That's really beautiful because I think, you know, again, you know, in this culture, we, 
have been taught to be bystanders mm -hmm. and you know but to really speak the truth and and you know stand up for you know the marginalized communities and you know how they've really been mis interpreted and you know misrepresented and there's so many stereotypes and so when we can really stand in line you know with the with communities we can really start to to shift those perspectives and shift you know the energy and, and how the perceptions and you know how we can truly support one another yeah agreed yeah and so i'm curious yeah i'd love to talk about gender and privilege because that's something that I think so many people you know just take for granted right and so I know just for myself as a person who identifies as cisgender you know straight female I recognize I carry a lot of unseen privilege that you know doesn't go noticed you know I go through my day and you know there's the questions I don't get asked or the perceptions that typically aren't put on me and so the, it's it's invisible and I think a lot of especially like a lot of people walk around with that without really noticing it because that's what our culture has created to be put in that box right and so I'm wondering you know because many people don't have that privilege and so tell us about your perspective around that and what that is for you so in the um have you ever seen a um i think it's called like a, a wheel of privilege or something like that or the wheel of power have you ever mm -hmm. seen that mm -hmm. okay so like where white cis assigned male at birth people are at the top of the power food chain for lack of a better word this country and society was made for them and is run by them and so you asked specifically about gender so yes being clocked as anything but that you, you, you become exposed to to like you said different kind of questioning different sorts of assumptions you get treated differently all of that kind of stuff and you're right there's as a white person i know that i also have have many privileges extended to me and i was socially feminized growing up and of course, there's all those expectations, all of the be small, constantly apologizing for taking up any sort of room or whatever, catering at putting someone else's needs above your own. Certainly, we don't have agency over our bodies, blah, 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 blah. And I am a few years into HRT or hormone replacement therapy, and I'm being read more as assigned male at birth now. And that has come with its own interesting, like I'm, I notice I'm getting treated as a straight cis white male. And it's, it's an interesting experience. I got to say that it's, uh, it's definitely layered. I have layered emotions about it. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. The way I'm being read is not who I am or what I'm about. And there's relief in not being questioned. There's relief in having agency over my person, over my thoughts, over my actions, I get taken more seriously. I'm not just a, because I don't get read as, as a, like a lesbian anymore. I don't get re read as an angry lesbian anymore either. I just get read as a passionate male who wants to stand up for a thing or whatever. And that's wow, fine. That's, that's so interesting. Like for me to receive that 
thank you for that. Just yeah. thank you for that perspective. Cause I probably wouldn't have, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't have taken that in, but that was a, that was healing for me on many levels. So thank you. I yeah, I find that really interesting because you've been able to experience, yeah, both worlds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm curious, like, how has that shifted your own perspective in how you perceive yourself? I, that is, that is still a current exploration because I don't identify as male or female. I am non-binary. I don't, I don't know. It, the, I feel genderless. I feel full of all genders. I feel pulled in one direction and then the other. And it's, it all feels really expansive. And when we mm. think about gender as a, just a, it's just a construct. I mean, it's literally our genitals got arranged in a certain way when, you know, when, uh, when hormones flooded our, uh, you know, in the womb that we were living in for a while, you know, like it, it's just wild. And, and so it's society that constructs this whole thing. And so when I, when I think about stuff like that, it just is, um, yeah, the word expansion, it just is expansive. It's and illusion, you know, like those kind of words come to my, come to my, uh, into my being really. Mm. I um, love sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I love that, you know, that expansiveness, because when we really put perspective on that, it's all expansive. Right. And so we're not really our human bodies where, you know, we're human having the spiritual experience. And when we expand outward, you know, that is the nature of who we are, you know? And so when we put a label on something that can really limit our expansiveness, And I love how that, I love that image of just that, you know, non-binary, you know, expansiveness and not putting that construct on things and, and how our culture really has, you know, created this box in which we are, quote, you know, supposed to live in. Yeah, totally. That's really beautiful. And so when you think about the expansiveness and that spiritual perspective, I'm just curious, you know, what is that higher perspective for you? I'm having a really hard time putting that into words. It's, um, I have a tendency to like think in pictures and colors and shapes and stuff like that. So it's a little like I'm getting a lot of imagery, uh, but is uh, hard to articulate verbally. Again, there's an expansiveness, there's an openness. Our physical forms um, can feel so limiting, but our uh, actual selves, you know, like the, uh, the part, the source kind of uh, part uh, of us that is alive is so much more than what we got going on here in this life now. And I want to say, I guess I'm kind of realizing a little bit in real time, or at least articulating. So I appreciate this question in real time that my journey is, is for me that I'm making decisions for me. I'm making medical decisions for me. This is not the experience of, of all trans people, all of all nine binary people. Um, so I just want to throw that out there, but I am aligning the hormone therapy. I just had my first gender affirming surgery in October of last year. I had top surgery. I'm aligning my body with who I know myself to be, how I see myself and the part of me that is beyond not only the constructs, the gender constructs and the, and the other BS constructs that exist, but are more in alignment with this manifestation of my source energy kind of thing, right? If we're all the, if we're all just like, uh, 
pieces of the universe experiencing itself, then this is, this is what I'm aligning myself with. My transness does feel spiritual. I love that because it sounds, you know, really like you're tuning into spirit and you're tuning into just what you want to manifest in this world and who you want to manifest as. And just when you tune into that, you can truly be your authentic self. You can truly tap in and step into who you are. And I just, I love that. And I think it also, you know, gives courage, especially as, you know, coming back into the space you're creating for others to also be in alignment with who they are and really step into their light. And I just think it's such a beautiful message that you are in a beautiful space that you are sending out into the world. And it sounds like that is really tapping into your mission, uh, your personal mission, and then also the mission of your, your business. And so I just, I just think that's really beautiful. And I, I can just feel your energy and I'm, you know, I imagine others can feel that too, which is why you're, you know, attracting, you know, the community that you are and just building that. And so that's really beautiful. Thanks. Yes. And I definitely ditto all of that. Thank you for your perspective. Once again, I'm, I'm curious, what would you say to someone who is feeling lost or doesn't feel like they belong? Like what, what would be your, like from all of your past experiences, like what would be your words of wisdom to that person that just isn't in alignment and doesn't feel like they are on their path? What would you say to them? I'd say that I see you. And when you're ready to let go of all that internalized hatred <laughs> and sadness and anger, I mean, we can shift that in, into tools, but when, when, when you're ready, find one thing, one thing that makes you feel good. Um, that isn't, that isn't a substance that, you know, find that one thing and do it often and relish it and revel in it and let it grow, plant the seed that you are worth all of it, all the effort you're worth feeling good. You deserve to feel good. And yeah, I mean, yes. And as I guess as corny as it sounds or whatever, I mean, yeah, you belong. You belong here. You belong here on this earth in this existence, wherever you are right now, this, you belong. And when we can find that belonging inside of ourselves, when we can belong to ourselves, when we let go of the, the other, the constructs and the, and the self-doubt and the, and all the stuff that wasn't there, it wasn't there before it was, it's been programmed in. And when we can do a little bit of reprogramming and, and, feel like we belong to ourselves and have that sense of self-love and belonging life changes life changes drastically and makes life worth living mm, I love so that. true thank you for that I know we'll have many listeners that will really take that in those beautiful words and sentiments so mm -hmm. know that those words are going out all over to people who need to hear them and I'm wondering too, just because you mentioned reprogramming and reprogramming is a powerful thing that we can truly tap into. We don't have to believe the same thoughts that we grew up, you know, those messages we received as children or by society, by the media, by, you know, you name whatever source that those programs came from. 
what are some tools that people can tap into to support that reprogramming? What are things that would help with that? Totally. Well, the ones that the ones that I use, I mean, you were saying at the at the top of the show that, uh, you know, always being able to return to your breath. That's a big one for me. I think I, you know, I was telling you before we jumped on here that, you know, I did, I did a little, like a couple of minutes of box breathing and that, you know, in for four count, hold at the top, out for four count, hold at the bottom for four too, you know, so that, that whole thing, that's really regulating for me. I do a lot of journaling. I, I do a lot of dialoguing with some of my, some of the intrusive thoughts, some of the intrusive feelings, some of the things, uh, because we're not our thoughts. We're not our thoughts. We're not every, we don't need to be dragged around by every thought and feeling that we have. And when we can just kind of dialogue with them and, and say, okay, I see you. What do you, what do you need? What are you doing here? But take a back seat because I'm driving the bus today, mm. you know, kind of thing. So yeah. Journal, so journaling is really helpful. Y'all listen to, um, like Tara Brock is incredible. Yes. Uh, yep. You know, the rain, recognize, allow, in, investigate and nurture. You know, when something comes up, those those steps. And I mean, yeah, Google Tara, Tara Brock and she's got a podcast and it's all, she's incredible for yeah. tools and resources. And yeah, I her have, book, True Refuge for me was like life-changing. Absolutely. Yeah. I loved that book, True Refuge. Definitely listeners put that on your book list for sure. Okay. <laughs> and she just, she has a new one out. Something oh, about yes. Be, be, being the gold, remembering the gold, one of those. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, she tells this great story about monks uh, in this really old Buddha statue that was just like covered in, uh, or is all like made of like mud and whatever. And there was a drought and there was a crack that went into it, uh, into the outside of it. And the monks looked in and there was like pure solid gold. And they, it was, it's the, it's still to this day, the biggest golden Buddha statue ever. And I'm butchering this story. Listen to Tara tell it. It's so much better. But, um, but anyway, the point being is that, you know, we put on all these layers, we put on all this armor in order to protect ourselves. Mm. Um, The monks did the same thing with the statue to protect the statue from invaders and war. And it survived all these years. It's done all of it. It's just survived. And we do the same thing, but inside of us is pure gold. And we can always come back to that. We can always do something different in any given moment. And when we flex that muscle, when we give ourselves something different to tap into life changes. I love that, you know, and really just recognizing that we all have this gold um, within us and just to tap into that and, you know, I love what you said earlier about you deserve to feel good, you know, and to recognize that we all deserve that we, you know, these old emotions and old stories and, you know, all the layers that we've been putting on, you know, we don't have to feel those anymore. We can let those go and and recognize that they are old stories and begin to move those layers, right? I like to think of our emotions as layers and the layers of the onion. And so you can peel back those layers and, and really tap into the gold that is within. And that's just so beautiful to really tap into and recognize. Agreed. Agreed. And so- the, other, the other resource I was going to mention is the 
is a book. So Tara Brock is incredible. The other uh, one is is a book called Pleasure Activism. Have you ever read that? No, no. So it's it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's it. So it's by Adrian Murray Brown or AMB for short. But it's Pleasure Activism: The Politics of Feeling Good, and it is a series of and it centers Black and Brown women, and also people in the queer community. So when we talk about well physical physical pleasure in terms of our bodies, sex education doesn't include. Uh, queer folks, trans folks, that kind of thing. That stuff isn't talked about. But this this is a this book is just an incredible, eye-opening, empowering way to kind of just explore that idea of feeling good as an act of revolution. I love that. I, um, I definitely put that on my reading list as well. And because that was going to be one of the questions is like, are there any books you can recommend or anything and so um along with that um are there anything any other books or um that you yeah that's a million (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah uh the one i'll tell you one that i haven't read yet but it's still it's on my nightstand kind of thing oprah and well, Oprah and another author did it and it's, it explores the question rather than what's wrong with you, what happened to you? Mm. And I think that I'm almost positive. That's what it's called. It's called what happened to you. And when we, again, make those shifts in our language and become a little more curious, our perceptions of others change, our perceptions of ourselves change. We can be a bit more gentle with ourselves uh, and this, the inner critic can you know, have different language as well. So yeah. Oh gosh. Uh, Brene Brown has a new book out that I'm, I'm still reading the Atlas of the heart. Uh, of course, I mean, all of her stuff is pretty great. Uh, yep. (laughs) Absolutely. I definitely love Brene Brown. She's one of my favorites as well. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so just switching gears a little bit, I just want to just t- touch on, um, and if you could just share a little bit about what, what is the Safer Space Initiative? Can you tell mm. us a little bit more about this and, and what this means and how we can tap into that? Totally. Thank you. Uh, thanks for asking about that. We, um, we just got a little bit of information up on it, uh, about it on the website. And so the Safer Space Initiative was born out of whatever year that was. Time is so weird anymore. Um, good Lord. It's another uh, construct, right? It is. Time is a construct anyway, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, it, was, it was born of the election that was before this one <laughs> when the uh, orange guy got into office. And on the day of inauguration... Uh, actually, in November, when we when we, when the results came out and we were all crying, after I got done with that, the sadness, I I was angry, and so, and I wanted to do something, and I knew that his election, his winning the election, gave a certain population permission to come out of from underneath their rocks and be disgusting human beings. Mm-hmm. So I contacted my local. Uh, whatever sticker making place or whatever printing place and, and gave them a, a thing that said safe space. And it had all kinds of colors and whatever. And I went around on inauguration day to all the businesses downtown Longmont and talked to them, talked to them and said, you know what, this is, this is what we're, you know, is this a safe place for, for queer folks? And, you know, or it, basically it was just kind of an identifier that it was like, okay, 
I know I'll be okay in here. It was a scary time. And so that happened. And then of course years go by and, and we started, it's kind of, re- it's been, there's been a resurgence of it in, in, in me. And I started questioning like, okay, what does it mean to be an ally? Like we were talking about before. And, and I, I think the three questions that it kind of boiled down to for me was, will you ask, ask for and share your pronouns every time? Will you challenge the constructs from, from which your thoughts and judgments come from? And will you listen to support and believe the experiences of those outside of your own identities? And that covered a broad enough spectrum to kind of go from. And now we're kind of shifting it. We're changing up the, the logo and, and to be even more inclusive. But the intention is for ultimately the Safer Space Initiative will be a self-sustaining kind of thing and, and a community-based thing where people can, individuals and businesses can uh, come together in a common space and have a conversation around what it means to be an active ally, what's working, what's not working, feedback they've received, all of that kind of stuff. So it's like Safer Space Initiative committed to the conversation. So this means that if I, as a trans person, go in to a, to a restaurant and you know, bathroom stuff is, is always an issue for trans folks, right? And non-binary folks, uh, if we can't be clocked as one or the other, it gets a little iffy and scary. So if I, as a non-binary person go in and I can't, I don't have a restroom that I can use that's either, you know, a single stall or, you know, all gender or something like that, it's, uh, it's decision time. Do I go in, do I go into, you know, the women's and get like stared at? Or do I go into the men's and potentially risk harm to my person? So anyway, if that's the case, but if, if someone was belonged to or was in this like safer space initiative and willing to have that conversation and they're committed to it and it's listed right there, I can go to someone and say, hey, you know, this really, this isn't great for me. I wish y'all would do better. Is there, is there some way, you know, whatever. I can give that feedback, share my experience, share impact and have that heard rather than being getting, you know, someone getting defensive about it. And it's shared in a way that's like, Hey, I know you're open to the feedback, so I'm going to give it to you. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm also not going to be like, you know, I'm I'm not trying to be crappy about it. I just am saying like, Hey, I know that I know you're not clocking this, but I need you to, I wish you would. Cause I, I like it here and whatever I want places to be too. So anyway, that was a very long explanation for, uh, it's a community-based situation where we can give feedback, receive feedback, be better allies and have, and be in constant conversation around it because it is a constant conversation that we have to have. It's beautiful, you know, because, you know, just to create this safety in our community and really, you know, starting with, you know, businesses and, and how people can really support, you know, the communities, the LGBTQ communities, the marginalized communities, and really start asking these deeper questions. I, I recently started uh, Naropa University in Boulder, and their program that I'm, I'm currently doing, it's, uh, they, that they've weaved that, that in, you know, and really working on educating and connecting and really encompassing, inviting just the conversation, you know, mm-hmm. these difficult conversations and how we can be allies and how we can create safer space and, you know, with the BIPOC community and the LGBTQ community and, and 
other marginalized communities that don't have that voice. And I love how they've just like really weaved this into this program. It's really just beautiful to see the, the changes that are being made at the ground level and moving up to really educate our communities. Yes. And changes yeah. with changes with empathy, you know, for others. And and I love how it does it creates an, a safe container to bring up things which maybe someone might be very hesitant to for fear of being judged mm -hmm. or not being taken seriously or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So I'm wondering, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and maybe what you're currently working on? Sure, totally. So, yep, we can be found on basically all the socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's just at Prideful Wellness. And the website is pridefulwellness.com. Uh, you can find out more about the Safer Space Initiative, which is really what I'm really passionate about right now. We're actually developing it into a situation where there would be like a, a panel of people who would go into a business with a panel of people with varying identities, intersecting identities, people in disabled bodies, people in larger bodies, people of color, queer folks, trans folks, all the things, right? So we have like three or four people that'll go into go into a business and, and give feedback about how we, how they receive it, how we receive it. And then we go through and, and here are the changes, what changes can happen immediately, what changes can't happen immediately for whatever reason, resourcing, funding, blah, blah, blah. And then developing, it's kind of a consulting situation, but developing tools to just acknowledge where the shortcomings are, because that's huge too. Just acknowledging that something is not where you want it to be or not as it should be still says, Hey, look, I see you and we're working on this thing. And here's what, here's how we're going to also, here's how we can correct it for now and we'll do better in the future. So that's anyway, that's, that's what uh, is kind of giving me joy in life at the moment is the safer space initiative, starting that consulting piece of the business. Mm -hmm. mm, beautiful. Well, yeah. thank you so much for the work you're doing in the world, KJ. And thank you. Yes. Uh, and thank you so much for being here and sharing this beautiful space to have this conscious conversation. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Be The Love Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to our show, please share the love by sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star written review on iTunes, liking us on Facebook, or making a donation by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash Be The Love Podcast. And stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. and Thursdays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Christy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphic. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey to align to our divine purpose and shine our lights. So keep on shining.